0: It's Friday, August 11th, 2017. I'm Herbie Newell and this is The Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services and I'm coming to you from Houston, Texas. So we are here in Houston with an organization called Here I Am who is based out of Brenham, Texas. And one of the things that we are able to see is a hosting from kids from Columbia. There are actually six kids that are here from Columbia. They're being hosted in homes uh, in and around the Houston metro area all the way out to Brenham to the woodlands and to Montgomery. And we have just the opportunity to connect with church partners, to be able to speak at some churches on Sunday, but more importantly, to see these families wrap their lives around these kids, these these children who have been orphaned in Columbia. And so uh, our team is here and just grateful to have Uh, Sassy Beth Stanley uh, who oversees our Latin American programs and uh, she is here with uh, Oscar Perez who helps our families in country and uh, the Lord has just called him to such a great work with Sparrow Ministries to care for kids as they're aging out and so uh, just want to hear really actually first from Oscar just to, to tell us about what will happen to these kids if they aren't adopted, like what is the 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 process of aging out in Columbia? And of course, Meredith Crawford is here with us too, a, a integral part of our Columbia team, especially helping families who are adopting. So, just an opportunity today to hear from each and every one of our team members and to talk about this in, this hosting program that's happening for the next two weeks here in and around Houston, Texas. But also to get excited about the next opportunity we have in October for this. Uh, hosting program. So Oscar, will you just kind of talk a little bit about what you do and
1: what is the reality of kids who aren't adopted? So basically what I do is to help uh, an organization back in Colombia that uh, has like a host, apartment, house kind of thing. And they hosting four girls right now that are out to the system. They age out in the system and they didn't have the chance to stay because it's hard for them to stay longer in there. They don't want to be inside the institution. They want to belong to some family. So what we do is uh, having them in that apartment and helping them with studies, uh, food, and uh, uh, trying to connect again with what is happening.
0: And when you are working with some of these girls. What are some of the major needs that you see that they have as they're coming in? I know even before we were talking right to one of these church partners about just that they've never even been able to navigate transportation. So what are some of these needs that you see as they're coming out of the orphanage setting that that just really blows their mind?
1: They don't know how to move around, they don't know how is life out to the orphanage, but I think the biggest need is that uh, they don't feel they belong, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they, they they need to, to know that they, somebody loves them, somebody wants to to care about them, and uh, basically what I think, they need families around, they need mentors around, they need people that really can invest their life on them, Mm -hmm. so this is what I think they They basically unit. Yeah,
0: Yeah. And so we see that ultimately, right, that God has created children for families. That was the unit that he created perfectly. And just love to see what's happening to help these kids that are aging out. And specifically the ministry that you're able to have, Oscar through Sparrow, to care for these kids and love these kids. But really a lot of the kids, Beth, that are here on this hosting program are those kids that if they don't find the home, mm-hmm. the reality is yeah. they're going to have a hard time transitioning out. So yeah. just tell us a little bit, obviously non identifying about yeah. some of these kids and their mm-hmm. stories and how important it is that they're hosted and ultimately that they're able to find a family.
2: Absolutely. So our hosting program is really designed to um, help bring visibility um, and a voice to the kiddos who are in danger, like you said, of aging out or maybe overlooked in the system a little bit more because they have a medical need um, or just are in a more rural area of the country. And so Columbia has designed this hosting program to just kind of help them be exposed, A, to another culture and have opportunities they couldn't have, but B, um, to just kind of be able to be known so that we can begin advocating on a deeper level for them. Um, We have six kiddos, like you said. Uh, We have all girls and one boy here. So our lone ranger. Um, is holding down the fort for teen boys, um, but he's doing awesome. So for example, he's about 12 years old, probably about the sweetest soft-spoken, a little bit shy when you initially get to know him, little guy, Um, but because he's 12, a lot of people are just nervous about his age. But once you get to know him, you see he is just a kind little guy, Um, wants to speak English, desires to speak English, works his um, hardest to just kind of acquire the language. While he's here, very highly motivated, highly athletic. He's been playing with Oscar quite a bit and uh, loves a good competition. But um, for example, he's just a little guy. He lives in a foster family back in Colombia, And so many people just don't even know who he is and that he is in need of a family. Um, and then we have a sibling group, for another example, a six-year-old and 15-year-old sibling pair. The 15-year-old's definitely in danger of aging out. And if they are not adopted, then they will end up breaking up the sibling group. And that's very difficult and sometimes detrimental to a child when they are separated not only from their biological family, but then on a deeper level of their siblings um, that they have gone through so much with. And so um, they're being hosted. They live in an orphanage in Bogota. Um, so our kiddos are coming from different situations, like whether that be a big city in an orphanage or a foster family in a rural area, they're all coming from different levels. And then we have three other girls that range from 7 to 12 years old. Um, One of them has a medical need of a myocognitive delay, and the other ones do not have pre-identified medical Mm -hmm. needs. Their need is their age. So because they're a little bit older, we're going the extra mile to advocate for them.
0: Yeah. And so I know several of the host families that are hosting these kids have expressed that they may be interested in adopting. Uh, but I also know that several of these kids are being hosted by homes. They're going to help advocate right. for their adoption. And so ultimately, we'd love to see these kids, six kids find forever families and, and especially some of these kids that are nearing the, the point of aging out. And so, uh, Meredith, you get to work on a daily basis with families that are going through the adoption process. So if someone were interested in adoption and uh, adopting one of these kids or just interested in adoption from Columbia overall, Will you just give a brief synopsis of Adoption Columbia and just how could they get attached to you and your team?
3: Absolutely. And so I think the first step would definitely be applying with Lifeline. And, and basically kind of just what I tell families is the dynamic of the program is that we see a lot of older kiddos, we see a lot of sibling groups, or we see younger kiddos with maybe a medical need or a special characteristic. Um, but, you know, if a family's open to those things or even one of the host's children and they want to learn more, um, we have families like the families who make the hosting they could be advocate families, and they could say, hey, this is what I observe, um, you know, with them being in my home for these two weeks. This is their personality. These are these different traits. And it's just so much more than the, than the file will receive, um, you know, having someone who's interacted with the child. And even our team, as we've been here and, and get to interact with them as well and get to learn about the kiddos. But essentially, when a family's moving forward in the Columbia process, um, they will, you know, apply, go through the home study process, and then um, – work on what's called a dossier and so in this dossier that's what you prepare for the country and so there's a lot of paperwork that goes into it but once your dossier is submitted essentially you're um, evaluated for a match and sometimes families are already pursuing waiting children whose paperwork is already did de- you know they've been declared abandoned and they're adoptable today and so we have a lot of waiting kiddos that we even advocate for on our waiting child page on our website and so we, we constantly learn about these kiddos too and so we definitely have a heart to um, talk to families who are ever interested in learning more about them. But from there, you know families are matched, and then um, traveling to Colombia about two to three months, and so in-country stay looks about an average of three to four weeks, lately. And so they come home, and um, you know there's just a lot of community, I think, too, with adopted families, whether that's from Colombia or any other country, international. And so we definitely look to partner with other families and, and groups to just um, for those families to feel supported essentially.
0: Great. And so, Sassy, I know that it's probably, right, it's too late for someone to host a kid because they're already here. And it's too, uh, all the the things that we need for this camp are here. But we have another camp in October. Mm -hmm. And then, obviously, we need to be praying for these kids and these families while they're here. So just kind of finish this off with, first, how can people be praying for the camp that's ongoing now, but then also, what are some things they can do to get engaged with the camp that's happening in October?
2: Perfect. So we can be praying for the kiddos now because they still have about, I would say, about 10 days left here with their families. And they're absorbing a lot. And they're honestly going to church with the families. They're they're hearing a lot. They're observing so much that's new to them. So if you could just be praying for their minds and their hearts as they process what does the family dynamic look like? Um, you know, what is, you know, this... Thing we're learning about at church the gospel and so much so as just as their minds and hearts are going through the language I know it can be exhausting being around another language all the time so um just pray for them and as they're just kind of bonding with their families and having a good time we want this to be an awesome experience that they walk away with um just loving and um, missing on some level too and then pray for them as we advocate for the future families on September 7th we're going to have a webinar So for the kiddos who are not adopted by their host families, you can attend the webinar or spread the word um, for us to just start advocating. We'll be able to show some pictures and videos and share some stories, and interactions with them. Um, So that's big ways to be praying for them. And then obviously, if they are being adopted by their host families, just pray for them in their hearts and the host families as they work to do all the steps that Meredith um, shared a minute ago. And then as we're very excited about our October camp in Birmingham, it's going to look a little different. This is actually going to be a true camp experience. So they're going to be coming and staying on a camp property. So there's going to be, we need lots of volunteers. We need a lot of product like products donated. We need some beds donated. We need um, food brought and people to come teach Bible lessons and go on some fun activities like roller skating and stuff. And so um, it's a real hard thing to do to to volunteer for that one, but we are just really excited. So we're asking the Lord to provide um, funding to bring the kids here. Somebody can sponsor a whole child's camp week. um, I think that's $1,500 to sponsor their entire week so that we can bring them here. We're looking at bringing 16 kids, eight boys and eight girls. Um, We are looking for people to come plug in. So praying for their hearts as they're being prepared for camp. They go through a little mini camp in Columbia to come to big camp here. So, so many different ways you can partner, pray. Please just call us if you have any questions.
0: Amen. And so if you'd like to get more information on how to volunteer with these camps, please uh, email us at info@lifelinechild.org, And you can also ask for information on adoption from Columbia, as well as how to get plugged in with this webinar to learn more about this camp and advocating for the kids to come. So thank you for listening to the Defender podcast. For more information or connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly, like we said, at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the finalists. We'll see you again next week from Houston, Texas, as we talk more about the Columbia Hosting Camp on the Defender Podcast.